why you just can't win. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, a podcast for cover band musicians and family to learn rock more and suck less in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. So, Turkey Lurky Do, man. Indeed. We did the holiday stuff and made it on the other side unscathed. The halls are decked for the most part, and we're like on to the next one. How was how was your holiday? It was okay. The kid got the flu. That flu that all the kids are getting, the kid got. That flu, man, so, is uh, brutal. Yeah, so she was down for several days. None, none of the rest of us got it. You're lucky. Yeah. And then on the day after Thanksgiving, so we, Thanksgiving was low-key. We had some, some, some plans that then we canceled like grilled burgers for Thanksgiving dinner, which was a pretty good way to go, actually. And then Friday afternoon for Thanksgiving, I drove up to Asheville and spent that night up there hanging out with my friends from the show that I did in Lexington every week, my regular buddies from that. And then the next afternoon went and set up at the wedding-like thing for one of them, which we played. And they'd gotten married in February before he was deployed for some time. They didn't really talk about it and kind of kept it a secret. And and he's he's back and he's going to stay back. And so they're together. And so they threw this party to be the reception they never had and to announce the fact of them being. Uh, so it was it was a surprise to some people and not to others. And that we, you know, it was, it was cute that way. And uh, but it felt like a wedding reception and was uh, it was a lot of fun. A thing I've always loved about weddings that I played is that they came to party. There's no like getting those bar patrons up off their feet, you know, and then what the energy that takes. They're there to dance, and so you just need to provide an environment, and they will make it happen. So we pretty much did that. I did an hour and a half of acoustic for the cocktail hour, and then had a playlist for my phone for dinner time, and then the band threw it down for a couple hours. Fantastic! Yeah, it was super fun. Super fun. We played uh, pretty well. The room was just a cavern. It was this massive brick cube, like you do, and so flying into that was a real challenge. But I think we played pretty well, and I think. To the extent we could hear ourselves, we we sang pretty well, and yeah, everybody had a good time. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you mentioned things going well at a wedding because th- this is kind of a twofold uh, c- part of the conversation. Yesterday, I got an email from one of the folks that we uh, we did the wedding for a couple weeks back, mm. uh, specifically uh, the love of a lifetime folks. Gotcha. And I'll, I'll read a little portion of it and then kind of explain where things take a slight turn. Dear Adam. Uh, person and I wanted to reach out to you again and tell you one more time how much we loved your music at the reception. It was probably obvious from the fact that we both danced to every single song you played, but we really could not have been more thrilled by the set in your performance. Thank you. Honestly, I had a couple of moments in the stressful weeks leading up to the wedding where I thought, did we overhype members only to our family and friends? What if they aren't as amazing as we remember them being? But no, you were even better than we remembered. Every time you started playing a new song, it was like opening another spectacular gift. Nice. This is where uh, it's tough because we are always looking at the gigs that we play and going, is this content? And for the most part, it is. And we can usually dance around specifics in order to be vague enough that people aren't aware of what's actually happening. But it just so happens that the groom in this particular wedding is a musician. And I had casually mentioned to him in passing that I had a podcast about the kind of things that we do. And uh, he found it. So this is the last paragraph. Since we returned home from our honeymoon, we've started listening to your podcast. We, that's which is awesome. Mm. Groom is especially fascinated by the topic, given the commonality with his cover band. We were tickled to hear you talk about learning love of a lifetime for us. Thank you in parentheses. Then we were horrified to hear about not only how sick you were leading up to the day, but then all the trouble you guys had with your dinners. Uh, we are so sorry, knowing that this you were feeling well. This is the taco night. Yes, this uh, was the tacos. 
knowing that you weren't feeling well and that it was a struggle to get something to eat is not how we wanted you all to be treated. And we are sorry. Thank you for persevering with illness and the delayed food to make reception so magical. We loved every minute of it. And our happiness is due to your presence and the music. So it was. Words collide, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, because the first part was so great. And the second part was not so great. And I immediately wrote them back to say, hey, this is a situation where it was it was way too funny to not share. And we were totally fine with how things went. My response was, thank you for the kind words. We had a great time playing for you guys. It's always risky talking about experiences from the band side in a client facing format. But trust that the dinner situation was truly comical. We were not upset by it in the slightest. The tacos were amazing. And the story was too good to pass up. So, and then I was like, we were so honored. Even the flu couldn't keep us from making it rock. Love of a Lifetime is such an awesome song for all the challenges. It's way harder than it sounds. It was a perfect choice for a first dance. From one firehouse fan to another, me. Excellent. All's well that ends well, but yeah. it was a little dicey there for a second. Yeah, it is a funny thing. I mean, I've, I certainly know of people who listen to the podcast who are in my local market here, and there have been plenty of times when I've changed names to protect the innocent or, yep. <laughs> you know, or the not innocent. Yeah, I don't really want anyone to listen to the podcast and feel called out, you know, so um, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting having to have a sort of conversation with yourself about how much detail I'm going to go into about a particular thing. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like I've done that for the longest time. You, you kind of get used to it yeah. where you just don't name names. You refer to people by their status or profession or whatever, and uh, don't get into the nuts and bolts because people can find this stuff. Yeah. And uh, I never want to be in a situation where, well, I don't like talking smack about people anyway. Right. So that's just kind of not my my deal. I try not to do that. But still, you you do have to be careful about approaching that. So it was a kind of a in- interesting conversation where content became real life and then <laughs> became content again. So yeah. we're kind of like full circle now. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and roll back on my own rule because I said I don't like calling people out, but I've got something that I do want to call out. Okay. It's going to get real heavy. This is a this is a rant style subject Ooh. for the meat of this week's episode. All right. So before I completely debase myself on this episode, do you have any other interesting things you'd like to uh, to add or uh, cover before we get into it? Just one, just one, and it's not. Please, maybe it'll give me time to soothe myself. Maybe I so hope. I don't come in too hot. Drink some more of that uh, liquid death there. See if you can just get it, calm it down. It is my favorite. Uh, actually, I like it a lot. And we take sponsorship from them on this podcast. Today, oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Perfectly fine. They can pay us in water. I was just living my life, just buzzing along, and got a text from a guy who owns two bars in town. And I've played at both of them in the past. Said, hey, is you're, he was looking for my old project. You know, are you guys yeah. still playing? Yeah. The answer is no. We've all kind of moved on from that, but I didn't have another band that kicks equal amount of butt and I'd love to be back in your places. And he was looking for a fill in for Saturday night. So we're going to be filling him in on Saturday night. It'll be the three piece. Um, it'll be priced accordingly for the fill in, uh, having to jump around a little bit. Um, yeah. cause you do that. That's, you know, that's the deal. He was, he was, that's I don't, don't, don't want to string him out when he didn't need, but the reality is it takes something. So that's one thing to say. The other is that my new technical manager, yep. Justin, we already had been paid in full and in fact distributed money for the wedding mm-hmm. last weekend, but he rides with Taylor. So he's, he was coming anyway. And, uh, yep. man alive. He just almost had the whole thing set up at one point during breakdown. I was looking around for something to do and nothing I could do would not interrupt something he was in the middle of. So yeah. I just, I just stood there and let, let him do it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, cool. 
So I'm really, really happy with where he that in terms of getting his hands around the tech and the, the moving parts of and the contribution that is to my quality of life at the end of a gig. It's just, I can't even begin to tell you. So um, very worthwhile head to feed, I think is what we settled on yes. uh, last time. So yeah, really happy about that. Awesome. All right. Has your rant settled at all or has it just continued? A little bit. And I've got like another nice thing to share. Should we save it until after as like a balm? We we might need to. Maybe that's a way that we just kind of like soften everything uh, on the other side of it. But this is probably a topic that'll end up condensed on the YouTube channel. But I've noticed this particular occurrence pretty frequently recently. And it's, it's, of course, an online thing because what isn't these days? But uh, it, it's really starting to like irritate me, and I was trying to figure out the best way to wrap my head around it. But the the short version, or at least the introductory thing to kind of open up the discussion is, I have a bone to pick with specifically rock fans, people who are into rock music, and the way that they inadvertently make the live experience for their favorite bands worse. And they don't even know it. And here's what I'm talking about. I'm going to use two bands as an example, just because those seem to be the ones that I see the most and kind of unpack the topic from there. So the two bands I'm going to reference for this conversation are Motley Crue and Taking Back Sunday, not necessarily related in any other reason. But I would say that both of those bands have charismatic but unsophisticated vocalists. Hmm. I think that's a it's a fairly clean way, to say it. way of yeah. putting it. Yeah. yeah. And there's a problem there because people will go to their shows and they will sit in the crowd and they will videotape poor performances from those vocalists and then post them online. I'm sure every single person listening to this has heard or seen that video of uh Vince Neil singing Kickstart My Heart on like Kimmel where they put the subtitles underneath it yeah. because he's not really saying words. And I mean, Vince was never like a great singer. There have definitely been moments where he was a lot better than he is now. And that's going to happen yeah. because Vince is pushing 60 and most people don't sound like they do when they're 20, 40 years later. And I think the same goes for Adam Lazera of Taking Back Sunday. The problem is twofold, I think. The biggest problem is that people who are fans of their music have the wrong expectations because what they expect is for that singer to go out on stage and perform those songs the way that they sound on the record. And when they don't, they're disappointed. However, there are solutions to those problems. The two that kind of jump out at me are going to be ones that people are going to get really mad at. One of them is to fire the original singer and get a new singer who can do what that person did 20, 30 years ago. And the other is to keep the original member in that position and have them lip sync to a studio recording that meets the expectation of their fans. But rock fans will have none of that. So you're kind of in a catch-22 if you're in one of those groups, right? Because your fans will call you sellouts for lip syncing your stuff live for sure and if you replace your singer with another singer they won't come to your show so what do you do you carry on yeah until you all and you kind of deal with this yeah and you deal with this negativity that comes all around you yeah now of course with every rule comes the exception 
off the top of my head, I, I can think of two or three singers that have been replaced, let's say four singers, where a singer was replaced and it either rejuvenated the band or put them on a new trajectory and made them more successful. Okay. If we're talking like classic vocalists, you've got your Brian Johnsons, you've got Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. More recently, you have guys like Arnel Pineda and Journey or uh, Eric Guan. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's, there's umlauts in it. But Eric Gronwall, who's currently singing for Skid Row, where these guys have basically come in and, and gone, I'm this young, vibrant entity that can deliver the power and the energy that these songs were recorded as and uh, kind of be a shot in the arm in these bands. But for the rest of most lineups, I don't think that's possible. Or it'd be very hard to find somebody who could do that. Yeah, and I got I got a quibble with the uh, Sammy Hagar. Oh, God. okay. Just because Van Hagar was not the Van Halen that I grew up loving. That's that's all. It's just not not the same. It's you know? fine. I love David Lee Roth. I've seen David Lee Roth outside of Van Halen three times, and then in Van Halen twice. <laughs> but I've seen Sammy Hagar probably two, three times as well. But there's no denying which one of those guys is a better singer. No, 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 and no. And no. you could you could stack all the records up for based sure on sales but and see which see, one's on top. I think it gets to the, the very thing of it, right? Because there's something other than vocal performance that counts for these dudes. There's something that matters to the fans. We wish they could still perform like when they were in their prime, but yeah. that's not the whole story. Because obviously, if we ditch them, it's a problem too, and it is a, a situation where you just can't win because physics has taken over their larynx you know like time passes yeah and it, it has the impact that it has but for me there was something david brought that was really really an energy right way more important than his vocal chops which i mean say what you will they're pretty impressive for what they were but his energy was something that made van halen really special that that sammy just never got to that level of and that he took out into his solo career now you know he only did as well as he did in his solo career, but he had the energy and he was still had that, that Lee Rothiness. The Daveness. The Daveness, the dudeness. So I think that kind of speaks to the whole thing. You know, it's, I think audiences have performance chops and stage charisma and nostalgia all sort of wrapped up into this bundle of celebrity haze around an individual. Yeah. For, you know, from a musician's perspective, there's the really just can you deliver? That's all we really care about. It's all a musician really, really, it's all that matters to us. But the reality is, if there's a Stones show and Mick has a cold, there's no subbing Mick because people came to see that dude, not some Stones music getting played. They came right. to see that guy because he's famous and that's the guy I want to be in a room with. So, right. Yeah. I think, I think the, the challenge there is that Mick can do it. Exactly. That's, that's, that's why he's, a, he's an odd example. But I think the case still is, is true about him. Like, there's, there's something about being in the presence of that person as they're doing their thing on stage that's for an audience. I think that's an unspoken perhaps uh, maybe not unspoken i think that's as important a part of it as a performance and then there are the people who can't get over the fact that it just it's not gonna sound the same yeah well it's i feel like the people who who complain about the way that singers sound nowadays are the same people that complain about computer production and auto-tune yeah. and all of those other things that don't understand like the mechanics of the way that this stuff works and it's a situation where it's the live experience could be better for you but you're not willing to bend on your what you want. Because what they want is they want a perfect execution that's 100% organic, consistent, night after night, for months on end, from a person who has 
lived a full lifetime since the release of whatever song that they're they're into. Yeah. And even people who take care of themselves have these issues. Yeah. James Hetfield sounds great now, but he doesn't sound like he did when Kill 'Em All came out or Ride the Lightning came out. Yeah. Because it's it's just not sustainable. Yeah. The only person who had it to like the very end was Ronnie James Dio. That guy could just like he could just do it. Right. And it was terrifyingly good. But. You know, I saw Fleetwood Mac a few years ago when they were touring and all I know, I know we'll come back to it. All yeah. all of the songs were taken down a step or two. And the places where Stevie's used to go up on the record, sometimes she she ducked it by an octave. But mm-hmm. you're in the room with Stevie. Like who cares? Who who cares? Who cares? You know, like she she's the age she is, she can do what she does, and it's being with her is wonderful and always has been because she's electric on stage. Um let's go ahead and say it. We are recording this on the day that the news broke of Christine McBeed passing. Yeah. So that's and I think I I've made my my feelings known that I've been C- Team Christine from like the get go. Yeah. So maybe a few of you will join me on Team Christine at least for tonight or uh, this week as we mourn her passing. Because what a what an incredibly talented person, unbelievable. But also like just a very like I want to say prickly, but she was like never afraid to just lay it out there. Yeah, she spoke her mind and she didn't. It, like to hell with the consequences. She feels the way she feels and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And I always respected that. Yeah. So sad state of affairs. But I mean, that's also kind of a great point is that these legacy musicians and X, they're running out of time. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. The question is, what do you want to have happen with this music? Do you want to see it continued to be played into the future? Do you want it to just ride itself out into the sunset and be done with it? There are different paths to go on. You know, as a person who is passionate about the music I like, but is also very in tune with how live production works and how execution as a musician works, I'm also probably a bit more flexible. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Cause I yeah, I, I don't know. You know, the the Buddhists have a name for the phenomenon where life is giving you one thing, but you wish it was giving you another thing. Okay. The name for that is suffering. That is Man. So there you go. That uh that sure is something, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Suffering. That being said, a lot of rock fans are pretty miserable people. So Yeah, no, they're into their suffering. Yes, for them to suffer is to exist. So I don't know. I think something's gonna gotta happen and bands are going to make decisions. I mean, I think you can see already see it with Motley Crue swapping out McMars because he can no longer travel mm-hmm. with his condition that they're going to start swapping people out. And eventually there's going to be a situation where you've got like Foreigner, where there are no original members with like the occasional, you know, every once in a while Mick will show up and and do a couple of songs for them. But like, otherwise that band is entirely other people. Mm -hmm. People who didn't play on the records, people who weren't a part of the original group, but were, have been sometimes in the band longer than the original members who people claim to revere they actually serve more time or whatever so that's one of those bands i feel like you got to be deeper into fandom to have any personalities attached to it you know everybody knows Mick jagger but you know yeah i'm not sure i could actually name anybody from the original lineup of that band well i mean i can because i i love foreigner well fair enough that's what i'm saying you gotta if you if you're if you're deep in the fandom on it then you you know those people i mean for me foreigner as much as people want to make it about mick jones it to me it's it's about lou graham he's the voice of that band and they've got this guy named kelly hansen who is a great vocalist and can do the songs that lou graham can't do anymore but he doesn't sound like lou graham 
And that's a tough one for me. But I don't begrudge Foreigner for hiring another guy who can do the job right. because Lou Graham can't or won't. Right. I mean, it's the same, it's the same deal with, with bands like Toto that have these guys that are kind of coming in and filling the void because mm -hmm. that's the only option. And people can be upset about it or they can buy a ticket and go see their favorite band do the songs that they love. Yeah. It's ultimately up to you. But it's just, it's, it's very frustrating for me as a musician and also as a music fan to see people slag their favorite groups, right. but unwilling to bend in a way that like could make them better, at least in the experience. So either, yeah, drop the key or do something else. Yeah. But they don't want that. They want, they want it just the way it, yeah. it is or else. Yeah. They want their guy 20 years ago. There you go. Can't have him. Can't. Suffering. So, yeah. Suffer. Yeah. Love it. Any other uh, parting thoughts or words? No. What was your what was your aperitif on this one? You had something to soften. Okay. Them. Yeah. So we had talked about getting reviews, and we got one the other week from Australia, <laughs> and that was very very nice. And I said, hey, somebody had left a review, but it hadn't landed yet, so we we actually hadn't got a chance to to check it out. Well. Sure enough, it showed up this week. And Christine Moser, her ears must be burning. We have been talking about her for the past few weeks. But let's be perfectly honest, she's been super great the past few weeks. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to talk about it. Christine was nice enough to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And this is what her review says. When musicians lift each other up is the title of the review. Excellent. Most of us are good at music. That's why we're in bands. But if you're not as good at the business aspect of playing in a cover band, you need to listen to this podcast. So much good stuff here from gear to branding to logistics to mental health. This has quickly become my favorite podcast. I'm really thankful to Adam and Dan for being so generous with their advice, experiences, and time in a world where many musicians are too competitive to share their knowledge. Mm. As I get caught up on all their awesome content, I see they have inspired a whole community of musicians to be more supportive of each other and rethink their attitude about the business. This is my favorite part because like we always joke about, leave me a good review so I can share it with my mom. <laughs> Their parents did an awesome job raising sons who genuinely care about the success of others. Perfect. Cheers to you both and keep keep it going. Excellent. So I can. I, I'm going to send that to my mom. That's good. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to mine too. So yeah, that was that was great. And we had talked about kind of next steps and things we wanted to do and potentially revisiting some older topics. A lot of people are talking about like their Spotify recap for the year. Well, they also have those for podcasts. Yep. And we found that over the course of this year, Episode number two, starting a band, was our most streamed episode by, I think it, it, it had been listened to 440% more yeah. than any other episode this year. So something tells me it's probably time to uh, dust off those old topics and put a, a fresh sheen on them, if you will. I would say. Those of you who've gone back and listened to that one again, I can only apologize for the production value that we were putting out back then. But the content, I think, I feel like the, the message and the content was good. Not everybody can be amazing out of the shoot. Some of us have to get there. But some other fun stats, we're in the top 10% most followed podcasts on Spotify. Excellent. Top 15% most shared globally. And 27 countries listen to us. And let's see, what was the other one? We've created 1,905 minutes of new content this year, which feels like a lot. Yeah, streams are up 200% uh, this year, 202%. We're a top 10 podcast for 259 fans. We're a top five podcast for 196 fans. And we're the number one podcast for 53 fans. 53 fans. That's wild. That is crazy. Love our fans. Yeah. Love those guys. Anywho, those are all good things. So 
as much as I was willing to jump in with both feet, we're kind of easing out of the episode with a lot of warm fuzzies. Yeah. Which is fine by yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll just go ahead and call it. I then. think the rant has been deployed and we're good to go. If you have any thoughts about this, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear your thoughts. Coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Am I completely out of line? Is there a component about this that we entirely missed? Are there better examples of replacement singers that were value adds to the original lineups? We're, we're all ears. I'd love to hear them all. So we'll go ahead and call it for this week. Thank you guys for your continued support. If you would like to support us, leave a review. And I, and I, I challenge you to leave one that was nicer yeah. than the one that Christine left. Yeah. That would really be something. So uh, otherwise, you can do any of the things that international cover band celebrity Adam from the Van Band uh, can, can tell, tell you about. Yeah. He got a very heavy feature on Gig Gap this week. So big, big ups to Adam Moskowitz for spreading his good word all over the land. Yep. Otherwise, that'll do it for this week. Thanks again. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of December 2nd, 2022. Whoa. Have a great week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of The New Strange, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VamBand. That's V-A-M Band. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VamBand.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit coverbandconfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Coverband Confidential. Always be performing! Always be performing!